You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, guys? It's your boy D and Ed back at it again. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your very first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I would love if you guys follow us on social media, Twitter, follow I me, mean, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube, Locked On Wizards. And we got we got an action-packed show today, Ed. We got some Bradley Bill injury news. We got some thoughts on the game. Some thoughts on some players, expectations for Daniel Gaffer, preseason performers, where the Wizards rank defensively throughout the preseason, Thomas Bryant update, and just some minor transaction news. So to start off, I just wanted to update DA, David Aldrich. He had said that Bradley Bill was getting treatment for his knee contusion today. And while Wizards will obviously be prudent with him, the hope is that he'll be able to practice Sunday in preparation for Washington's season opener in Toronto Wednesday. So, Ed, when you hear that news, what do you think right there? You feel like he may be ready? Feel like it's minor? How you feeling? Uh, I, I think he's going to be good to go. I didn't see the injury happen, um, so I, I hope he's okay, but I, I think he should be fine. Uh, Wes said it's not severe, um, just like David Aldridge said, so I think they're both on the same page with that. And um, contusions, you know, they they can be very painful. Sometimes they do take time. They can take a week to get ready. But, you know, the game is on Friday. The game is on Wednesday night. So, you know, they'll probably ice it up, let them rest. And, I, you know, Brad's a tough guy. You know, remember early in his career, he, you know, he had the injury-prone tag on him. But, you know, not whole world. Hopefully it doesn't come back this year. But I, I think, you know, I think he'll be fine and ready for the Raptors game on Wednesday night. I, I can't wait. Our first game of the season, I can't wait. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I was watching the game in the second quarter. I just told you I was noticed. I was like, it was late second quarter. I was like, why is Bradley Bill not on the court? That's weird. <laughs> and then the Knicks broadcast had said that he had the right knee contusion. I just assumed that they were being very precautionary for obvious reasons. I mean, like you said, neither of us seen him like go down on the floor and grab something. And it was a big deal on Twitter. It was just kind of nobody knows even when exactly that it occurred. So hopefully it's a minor thing. Hopefully he can practice on Sunday and be ready for the opener at Toronto. So just wanted to hit on that really quick. But now let's get into the Wizards Knicks game and our thoughts. The Wizards lost 113 to 115. Julius Randle hit the game winner. What's some things you liked? What are some things you didn't like, Ed? Um, well, I think I think we should circle the next game on the schedule because Tibbs playing his starters. I'm not gonna say it was it was a bush league move, but it's preseason, man. Now Tibbs is a different kind of coach, you know, with Derrick Rose getting injured a couple um, you know, his his first major ACL injury in the playoffs with the Bulls. We know Tibbs left Derrick Rose way too long in the game. And we know how Tibbs coached, you know, coach. He doesn't care if it's preseason or not. He wants his guys to play to the finish every game. That's just who Tibbs is. But I do feel like it was kind of like trying to find the right word for it. But it was like not unfair, but like it's like, come on, man. Like we got we got our we got our bench guys in there. You're playing Julius Randle. You're playing Derrick Rose. You're playing. Um, I want to say R.J. Barrett was still in the game. Like he had his key players still in there. And they definitely could have risked 
getting injured. So that was the risk he took. You know, they won that preseason game. The crowd was going crazy. The game went or whatever, you know. So, you know, I hope I hope they feel good about themselves. But we definitely got them scheduled on the preseason. I mean, in the regular season, we're definitely going to circle, circle those games against the Knicks for sure. But about the game, there's a lot to go over. I mean, it was a good game. Uh, it was a lot of back and forth. We were blowing them out at one point. Then we did put, you know, our um, second string, third string guys in. Bradley Bill was hurt as well. So, um, you know, the Knicks started coming back at the end of the game. But uh, I liked what I saw from Dale Gafford, another double-double for him. Bold prediction, you got it right first time I got my bold prediction right. This is my backup bold prediction. So I'm not going to get too happy. This is my backup. It counts. But, it counts. Man. Right, it counts, right. man. <laughs> but Dale Gafford got four blocks. I predicted that. So double-double for him. Um, I thought both of the smaller point guards played really well. Howell Neto played well. Uh, Aaron Holiday came in. Howell Neto, if you look at his numbers, he was eight for nine. He was 10 for 13 from the field. I mean, the guy shot the lights out two for four from the three-point line, 25 points. Like, Neto was going back and forth with Kemba at one point. They were just trading buckets back and forth. Same thing with Aaron Holiday. They were trading buckets back and forth. Him and Kemba going at it. Him and Derrick Rose going at it. So it was a fun duel to watch. Um, I really like Corey Kispert stepping up in the clutch. I think he heard us. Talk about, he might have heard us the other day talking about him being one of the least impressive players. Mm-hmm. Where we talked about his shooting percentages and his his three point shooting percentages were just as bad as Davies Bertans, the Latvian. I can't even call him the Latvian laser anymore because he's not shooting like it. But uh, Kispert played a lot better, three for four from the three point line, coming in hitting that big three in the clutch to tie the game. That was a huge shot by the rookie. And Dinwiddie continues to impress, seventeen points, five for eleven from the field. Three for six from the three-point line. He shot 43% from the three-point line in the preseason. Um, so Dinwiddie has played really, really – I love what I saw from Dinwiddie this whole preseason. Um, trying to think who else played well. Harold. I thought Harold's energy was good. Um, but, yeah, the two guards and Gaff. And I thought Kuzma had stretches of playing well. Kuzma had stretches of playing well. But there's a lot of things that I didn't like either. But I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, as far as the things that I did like, Rowan like you said, he was hooping out of his mind. I mean, you just read the stats all. Aaron Holiday, he came in, he like hot from the start. He played really well. I enjoyed what I seen from him. KCP, I enjoyed what I seen from KCP as well. He's been one of my favorite guys for from the preseason as well. Kyle Kuzma, offensively, he didn't you know, put up the numbers or shoot as well as he did last game against the Raptors. But I will give him props for the defending that he did on Julius Randle. I feel like he did a pretty good job defending Julius Randle for the times that he was tasked with guarding him. But like then he did a good job too because they I've, I've seen them both, you know, trying to get responsibilities for Julius Randle. But I feel like Kyle Kuzma did a lot of good with defending him as much as, you know, he possibly could. In general, the team defense – I was very impressed in that first and second quarter. I ain't never seen the Wizards act like that before defensively <laughs> in a long time. And it was good to see. They compare that from the first time they played the Knicks in the preseason to now. It was, you talk about night and day. Just look at the shooting percentages. The Knicks at one point early was like shooting 20-something percent from the field. So they were contesting like almost every shot. They were contesting every shot. They were scrappy and of course the Knicks in the third quarter fourth quarter started making that comeback you know and then when the second third stringers started coming in the momentum you know really shifted in the Knicks favor but I mean Daniel Gafford 
another double double. Montrez Harrell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie in that Gaffer pick and roll. We see some nice alley oops. We see Spencer Dinwiddie hit some nice threes. I mean, it's, it's it was a lot to like, but what was your dislikes about it? Um, and I do want to add. So there's there was so much like I said to talk about the game. Um, I love the Dinwiddie, the Gaffer alley oop where he dunked on Derrick Rose, and like you said, the defense they took it to heart because them hitting 24 threes in that game uh, at home two games ago, that's unacceptable. And I think they actually took it to heart and they defended a lot better. I do want to look at the Knicks, how many threes. They, they hit 15 threes. They were 15 for 42, 35% from the three were last game. They shot, what, 45% from the three when they played. When they, hit, they hit 24 threes in our own home. So the defense was way better. So I think that's what West Huntsville Jr. is going to instill in the team, better defense. But what I didn't like is Davies Bertans. Bertans, is, he's just been bad, man. He's never going to live up to that contract. $16 million per year, five-year, $80 million contract. And I was one of the people that did want him to um, – I did want him to sign. I, I, you know, we we had offers on the table to trade him. I don't know if it was a first-round pick or two first-round picks or two second-round picks at the time. I want to say it was a first at the time in 2020 when he was actually playing well. But 0 for 4 from the three-point line – this guy, he, he's just not – he's shooting bad shots. He's shooting, like, deep threes, ill-advised threes, and he's not bringing anything else to the table. So, it, it's been rough for Dobbies, man. It's been rough. Yeah, I – for my dislikes, I would say, like you said, Dobbies Bertans, who we will get into a little bit more. Turnovers in the fourth quarter, I feel like there was a span where they were turning the ball over, and that really helped the Knicks get their momentum going. It was one span in the third quarter, I believe, where the Knicks got like four offensive rebounds. So it was like three offensive rebounds, and one of them got tipped out of bounds, and it was Knicks' ball, so that gave them a fourth opportunity to score. So, you know, the rebounding a little bit in that span and the turnovers from the backup guys in the late fourth quarter, I would have liked to shore up. But I didn't see too much negative um, as a team, you know, not talking about just individual performances, that I would be too upset about. And like I said, we are going to get into Daniel, I mean, into Davies Bertans. But before we do that, I have a message from our friends at Price Picks. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of our listeners that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on an entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. For example, you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play entries. It can be entered and be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA. Or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And we also... Have a message from our friends at Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. 
and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So it, it's time to get into Davi's Bertans. I mean, 0 for 4 shooting night. <sighs> How you feel about him, man? How you feeling? So Davies was so bad in the preseason. Um, you look at the numbers, five and a half points per game, 24% from the field, 20% from the three-point line and 16 minutes per game. Also, he had the worst three-point percentage in the 2022 preseason, minimum 10 attempts. He was in a group with uh, Anthony Edwards, who shot 21% from the three. LaMelo Ball also shot 21% from the three. So he was in, in bad company there. Davies was so bad. Uh, I always bring up that Sixers game in the playoffs where he had zero points, zero rebounds, and six fouls. And that game is basically defining what Davies Bertans has been for the Wizards. He's been a, a zero, um, a no-show, you know, in, in, in the 2021 season. And I, you know, I, I try to stick up for Davies, and I, it's just preseason. But we really can't just say it's just preseason. You know, these are games that are starting to try to get us ready. And he really might be playing himself out of the rotation. If Corey Kispert comes in, he goes three for four from the three-point line, or even two for five from the three-point line, and comes in and makes um, big shots like that. I even think, honestly, if Garrison Matthews was on the roster, I'd rather give Garrison Matthews uh, more playing time than Davies, you know, right now, the way the way, the way Davies is playing. You know, Davies doesn't bring much on the defensive end either. He's just a defensive liability. He can't defend. Um, we all know that. But, you know, he has his, his main job is to hit threes. He's taking bad threes, bad ill-advised shots right now. Um, and he's just not helping the team. We got other guys that can come in and do more. You know, you got Kyle Kuzma, KCP. Rui's going to come back. Um, you have Kuzma is, is knocking down threes now. So you have other guys who are capable of coming in and contributing and knocking down a three and can do other things. So um, Davies has been – he's been bad, man. He's been really bad this preseason. So um, – We'll see what, what what Wes does, but you know the thing is we have to pump up his his trade value. Everybody's like, oh, trade Dobby's trade. Who's going to trade for Dobby's Bertans right now? Nobody's going to trade for Dobby's in their right mind. They might give up a second round pick, but even if I was a GM, I would debate on giving up a second round pick for Dobby's. To be honest with you, because you got to take on his contract. You know, if he was making like veteran minimum or five mil, you're like, okay, you know, even the MLE like nine million or eight million a year is considerable, but $16 million per year. And you still have basically this year and three years after left on his deal. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to, you know, West would have to um, throw in a, a pick to sweeten the deal, like a first round pick and Dobby's just to get off the contract. So, I mean, it, it's, it's tough right now with Dobby's. We'll see, man. He, he might get on a shooter's roll and start getting hot and just have a streak, but it's yet to be seen right now. Yeah, um, Davies Bertans. I have been not a fan, you know, going <laughs> since going into last season and him struggling the way he did. At first, the excuse was he was out of shape, you know, it was going to take him some time to get acclimated. And then 
Denny Avdia last season was the starter and was playing pretty well, in my opinion. And Scott Brooks switched the lineup up to start Davies Bertans in Scott Brooks' words to get him, was it activated? I believe that was the term he used. Mm. It's, I mean, you got a guy whose job is to make shots. And this would be okay if, you know, he was going in a free agency next year. He just was on a one-year deal. Like when he got traded into Washington, he was going to be a free agent. And so if he had off nights, cool. But now you're getting paid 16 mil and you're going 0 for 4, 1 for 5, 2 for 7, etc. And you're a big part of the offense. You know, you're a big part of the offensive scheme. It's time for you to, it's time for Davies Bertans to, to step up like seriously step up or be pushed out of the rotation for a younger Corey Kispert, whose game, honestly, offensively, is a little more fleshed out than Davies Bertans. He could do a little more than Davies can offensively. And I'm more willing to deal with Corey Kispert's off nights, et cetera, because he's a rookie. You know, he's a young guy. Davies Bertans is making all these mo- all this money. And like you say, he's not bringing anything to the defensive side so if you're not making shots and you're not bringing anything to the defensive side of the ball, really, what are we doing outside of paying you all this money? So, I mean, like you said, the trade value, you we can scream, trade them, whatever, all you want, be, but what teams are, is really going to want him right now on that contract with what he's doing? I mean, guys see the scouts and – Front offices see the same thing the fans are seeing and we're seeing. We see the guy going out there and struggling to shoot the ball, which is what his specialty is. So, I mean, he's the more Corey Kispert shows that he can play, the more expendable Davies Bertans becomes, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was I was a little down on Corey in our last episode because I was just like his shooting percentages were bad and sometimes in the summer league he was bad but now we need Corey Kispert to play I was like you know Corey I was so I was kind of so down on him I was like yeah he might spend some time in the G League but we we need Corey to play because if Corey can Mm -hmm. push Davies to the bench and I want to see Davies be successful I'm rooting for Davies you know whoever's in a Wizards jersey I want to see them do well of course Mm -hmm. but if you're not producing then you got to sit down it's on West too it's on West too West West has got to make some rotational decisions and that's a decision that Wes is going to have to uh, make during the season. We'll see how Davies goes through these first 10 games. If, if he doesn't pick him up, pick it up, we'll give him, you know, Wes will probably be like, hey, let's see how you're doing these 10, 15 games. If you're not producing, we just don't have time. Because, like I keep saying, this trade deadline is super important for Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill sees this team is not good around him. That's probably it. So, but if we look good, like I said, we're five games above 500, then, you know, let's, let's, let's make a, a strong playoff push. Yeah, and, and quick question before we go to the next segment. Ed, what was Davies Berton's shooting percentages again? 21% from the three, mm-hmm. 24% from the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 20, yeah, 21% from the three. Uh, yeah, 20, yeah, 21% from the three-point line, 24, 24% from the field and five and a half points per game. I think that's all I need to hear, guys. Um, before we go into our next segment, I, be, I have a message from our guys and friends at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. 
when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know their the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, my favorite, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Know what my favorite flavor, flavor is? As I just said, salted caramel. Go get it, guys. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar's flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macro, 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 45 grams of sugar, and only 45 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today, you can get a flavor like the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team as well. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, Ed, we go from a player who is struggling to a player who has been excelling in Daniel Gafford. So what are some expectations you have for Daniel Gafford? Um, I'm loving Daniel Gafford. I'm I'm a huge fan of Daniel Gafford. I love the way he plays. Uh, so just go over just to go over his preseason numbers. I know it's just preseason, but I think it is uh, telling. I think the numbers are important. So in the preseason through four games, he averaged 10.8 points per game. He averaged eight and a half rebounds per game, which led the team in rebounds. He had two double doubles. He had two and a half, two and a half blocks per game, which led the team, probably led the NBA in blocks as well. I need to look up that number as well. And he shot 60% from the field, which led the team as well, uh, which probably was top five in the NBA as well in the preseason. And, um, yeah, 60% from the field is, is excellent for Gafford. He, he did what I wanted him to do. The minutes went up. There was a game where he played 27 minutes. Uh, let me look at last night's as well, just to look at his minutes because, you know, that was a big concern last year. You know, mm-hmm. Scott Brooks taking him out because of stamina. Scott Brooks taking him out because of um, foul trouble. You know, he he cut down on fouls. He, he only had one foul last night. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome for Daniel Gafford. Um, but just to pull up the minutes real quick, he played 30 minutes last night. And that's definitely not what we saw last year from him. So if he's capable to play 30 minutes and you know what? He hit a mid range jumper last night. Yes. I, I seen that. I didn't even bring that up. <laughs> My man Gav hit a mid range jumper. That's what I want to see from him. And that's what he talked about working in this off season. The trainer, Alex, um, can't remember his last name, but you know, we got a developmental coach. I think, I think it's a new developmental coach this year. Mm. Um, that wasn't so junior brought in, but he was working out with this guy. There's a story about uh, Daniel Gaffer working in working in a um, heated gym where it was like 90 degrees in the gym just to work on his stamina, working on his jumper, working up on his face up game. And he doesn't have to have a whole bunch of post moves. I'm not expecting him to be, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon or even Martron or, or even Gortat in the post or Nene in the post. I'm not expecting him to do all that to have a whole bunch of post moves. We just want him to go out there, rim run. Give 110% energy every time, block shots, don't foul, um, get the offensive boards, control the boards, protect the rim. I think he's obviously our best rim protector on the team, the the best big man rim protector. I think he's a, a, is, you know, he's a better rim protector than Harold, better rim protector than, than Thomas Bryant. I love all our bigs. I, like, I, I love the combination of all our bigs. They all bring something different to the table. They all play hard. They all bring energy. But um, Gaff, man, him and Dinwiddie, I think Dinwiddie's going to – um, motor his game too, you know. Gaff and Russ had a good chemistry last year too. You know the alley oops and, and all that stuff too. 
So I think he has a point guard that can create for him, that can spoon feed him too when he's not getting his own buckets. So um, I'm expecting a double-double for Gaff. I'm expecting nothing less than a double-double. If it's not 10 and 10, it better be 10 and 9. It better be something mm. around that. And I'm expecting two blocks per game. He should get two mm. blocks per game. He should be top five in blocks this season. He should be in Rudy Gobert conver- in the Rudy Gobert conversation. He should be in the Clint Capella conversation. All those guys. Mitchell Robinson. We saw him play last night. Mitchell Robinson had a couple nice dunks last night. He's, he played well. I'll give Mitchell Robinson a little bit of credit, too. He played well. Um, all those big men, Jared Allen, all those big men that you think of that jump out the gym, just rim run. They don't shoot threes. They just run. And that's what I'm expecting from Gafford this year, especially with, with Wes Enzo Jr. Wes said he never had um, – or, like you know, with the Nuggets, they didn't have an athletic big like that. Jokic is not athletic like that. Of course, athletic is way more skilled than Gafford. But he just doesn't have that bounce, that vertical bounce where I'm just going to jump off the floor super quick. And um, I'm a huge Gaffer stand, as you can tell. I just get excited when I'm talking about Daniel Gaffer because I love what I see from the guy, that energy, that hustle, um, the field goal percentage, the, the defense that he brings to the team. We haven't had an athletic big that can rim run like that probably since JaVale McGee. And I think he's a lot better than JaVale McGee. So, um, I'm expecting a double double. I'm gonna get my stat prediction before the season starts on Wednesday. Ten points. Ten. I'm gonna say um, ten points. I'm gonna go with um, ten and a half boards. I'm gonna say two blocks per game, and I think he will get some vo- some votes for an all defensive team. I think he might even get some votes for a defensive player of the year team. I'll even go that far. I'll give Weston So Jr. some credit and Gafford some credit. But you know, I can go on and on about Gafford. You know, how you feel about Gafford's expectations? Um, my expectations for Gafford, you know, we both are big fans of Gafford. I'm expecting a double-double, too. If, as long as he can keep the fouls down, which he's been improving on, and playing 30 minutes a game, I can easily see a double-double for a guy like him. You know, even if it's, you know, 13 and 10, something like that, or like you said, 13 and 9, Somewhere in that range, I've called that a success personally. Two blocks at on average, I can honestly see that. You know, whether you round it up, whether it's a one point seven, if it's a one point six, I'm averaging that up to two blocks for me personally. I think Daniel Gaffer has the opportunity to really have the best season of his NBA career so far. You know, the stamina thing isn't an issue anymore. As you spoke about, he was getting taken out of games because his endurance wasn't where it needed to be. And he played 30 minutes last night. And if he's doing that consistently or staying out of foul trouble and being able to be on the floor, running that pick and roll with Dinwiddie, blocking shots, etc., it can be a really good year for him, man. It really can. And maybe he can receive some votes, you know, for defensive i mean defense all nba etc you know so i think it's a lot of it's just, it's a lot of room for daniel gafford to make a huge impression this season you know and open more people because some guys on social media who already talk about him every time they play the wizards they're like daniel gafford this guy's pretty good mm. so I, I think he really has the opportunity to build on that oh yeah definitely and, and i gotta give i gotta give tommy shepherd some credit for that trade Mm-hmm. From Chicago, I mean, that was a heck to flip Troy Brown Jr. for Gafford, you know, a guy who was a first round pick and, and, and Troy Brown who didn't work out for the Wizards mm-hmm. to get a second round pick and Dale Gafford. 
Wow. I mean, that was that was the trade that changed. We went 17 and 6 once we picked up Daniel Gafford. We would not have made the playoffs last year if it was not for Daniel Gafford. I can agree with that. And to hit on our next topic, top preseason performers. I feel like I kind of know some names that may be thrown out there, but who would you say was your top preseason performers? So yeah, other than other than Gaff, who I just went on a tangent about for 10 minutes. I'm going to say um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie, he led the team in assists with 4.8 assists per game, 13.5 points per game through four games, 43% from the three-point line, 45% from the field goal, from the uh, 45% field goal percentage, and 84% from the free throw line. So he almost dang near had a 40-50-90 or a 50-40-90, you know, uh, shooting percentages from from the, from everywhere. So he just impressed. I, I love the chemistry with Gaff. I, I thought he already built chemistry with Bradley Bill as well. Same thing with Harold with the bigs. So Spencer Dinwiddie really impressed me. Um, I, I think he's going to be a really good pickup. Um, I'm going to say Montrose Harold as well. He had 13.8 points per game, six and a half boards per game, and 1.8 blocks per game as well. 48% from the field. He had a double-double as well. I just I loved his energy. It plus minus is a stat, you know, it's, you can take it for whatever it's worth. Some people don't believe in plus minus. I do. I don't 100 percent believe in plus minus, but I do look at it. I, it's a stat that I think shouldn't be just wiped under the rug because plus minus isn't great. Um, That could be just the whole bench unit as a whole. The whole bench unit plus minus wasn't great. So it's not just Montrose Hero's fault. But um, I, I thought he played well. I think he's just going to bring that energy and, and the vocal – be a vocal leader that we're really, really, really looking for. I'm going to say Aaron Holiday, too. I think he's going to be one of our X-Factors. He played really well. I'm going to say him and that up. And then I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit of Kuz. Um, he shot 40% from the three-point line, which is really, really good, which is really good. That's, that's you know, what we're looking for from Bertans. Uh, 12 points and five boards a game. I thought he had a, a rough start, and then he got more comfortable. He said it himself. Like we talked about, it's going to take 20 games. Um, you can just tell mentally and physically and just confidence-wise, he's still getting comfortable with the team. I don't think he's there yet, but I think when everything does start clicking and Rui coming back is going to make it a little weird too. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be coming off the bench. So we'll that might actually work for him. That might actually work for him, him playing with a bench unit where he's going to be the best scorer coming off the bench. So it, it will be interesting to see Kuz uh, in the regular season. Yeah, I would say my top preseason performance. I'm gonna leave it at a top three, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to put some new guys in there. You know, I could easily say DG, but I'm gonna leave him out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with Spencer Dimwitty, mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell, and Aaron Holiday. Those I've been really impressed with all three of those guys. I mean, and that's uh pretty much a shout out to Tommy Shepard because those are three brand new players to the team who, in my opinion, have been very impressive to me. So you got three new guys to the team coming in and making a very good impression. And not only me, just me, you can ask anybody in the Wizards fan base as well. They'll probably tell you the same thing. Aaron Holiday has looked really good. Spencer Dinwiddie has looked really good. Some people may call him a breath of fresh air. And Montrez Harrell has been that consistent ball of energy. And I'm, I'm just excited to see how these guys play in the regular season. I mean, and let's just try to get the Wizards into some non-playing contention. That's what I would say, you know, and I think those three guys can be a big help to that. 
Right. Yeah, it is interesting at all the names that we said we didn't say Bradley Bill, which is not a bad thing yeah, this season. It's not bad. It's not anything that I'm really worried about, but mm-hmm. just, you know, the one for 11 game, it stands out to me. But at the same time, it's not, you know, we're both not worried. We know he's going to get in there and score and put up 28 points a game. And, you know, it might be better for him not to have to score 30 points a game. Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. maybe if it if it, if if Brad scores twenty four and twenty five points a game, and that means five more or ten more wins from last year, all the Wizards fan base is going to take that. Yeah, definitely. On another topic, the Wizards' defensive rankings for the preseason dropped, and they were thirtieth in defensive rating, 29th in opponents' point <laughs> per game, 29th in opponents' three point attempts, I believe, and thirtieth an opponent's three-point percentage. Were you surprised at all by any of these rankings? I'm going to say yes and no. You know, of course, since we all know that Wes is a defensive-minded head coach, everybody's expecting a huge leap from uh, what we had last year with the previous coaching staff. You know, we were rock bottom at times. Multiple years in a row we were rock bottom um, with Scotty. And um, it's going to take some time for Wes. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want people to jump the gun and – you know, get mad at Wes if if we start out a little slow defensively, but that Knicks game is probably the game that shot up the numbers and made it worse than what it is. And at the same time, you got to take into account like the Knicks game. If the starters would have played, or the first, the first eight guys game. in a rotation, or first nine guys in a rotation, Bradley Bill stays healthy. If they would have finished the game, I think defensively that would have helped our our rating and our numbers. Mm-hmm. But since you know we kept the bench guys in, and they of course they played their starters. The Knicks, maybe if they would have played their bench guys against our bench guys, it would have been a more even matchup, of course, and the numbers would have looked better. But since they decided to play their starters and they started shooting the lights out with their starters versus our bench guys, that made our numbers look worse. But at the same time, the eye test, yeah, it it, it definitely – we didn't pass the eye test on the Rockets game, in my opinion, and the Knicks game, of course. Uh, We played the Raptors. I thought there was more energy against the Raptors. But once again, that that fourth quarter was bad because Sam Decker lit us up. So, of course, that hurt our defensive rating. And then the guy Flynn came in and just went crazy. So um, the fourth quarter really killed us um, defensively. And that's the bench guy. So Denny's got to step up. I thought Denny did a good job on Julius Randle, like you said, for whatever he could. Julius Randle, he was all NBA last year. So. I'm not expecting Denny to shut him down, but I thought Denny did a good job on him for the most part. And um, but Decker, Decker was inexcusable. That's just something that, that just can't happen. Even though Decker did hit some good shots, some tough shots, but stuff like that just can't happen down the stretch. Um, I thought we struggled. Corey Kispert is a work in progress defensively. He's a rookie, so he's not going to come in strapping guys up. And that just wasn't his thing in college, being a defensive guru. Um, but yeah, we, we got a long way to go defensively still and I, I think we are going to be better than what we were last year for sure but um but yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna say no and yes on the surprise at the same time yeah i, I would say i'm not really surprised like Kyle kuzma said the team has a long ways to go this team was one of the for the last couple of years one of the bottom league bottom in the league as far as defense and you got a new coach in who's trying to change that and change that defensive culture around the team and change that defensive identity from a poor defensive team to a good defensive team. It's going to take time. You know, it's going to take a lot of rough games like we've seen in that very first Knicks game where they get lit up and they probably fall into bad habits, et cetera. You know, but we've seen in the very latest Knicks game that they were really locked in. 
You know, they got the players, they got the vets on the team, you know, who've been on good defensive teams before, like the KCP and Kuz with the Lakers, to have a, a decent defensive team, you know, and they just keep film studying, keep practicing, keep going over their drills and doing whatever they're doing. I, I think the numbers can definitely be respectful when we're in like towards the middle of the regular season. They can be respectful. Now, early on, I'm not surprised at these numbers at all. They, you know, against the Raptors, the Raptors were still in the game. They didn't really never shut the Raptors down. The uh, Rockets game, I mean, it was never really anything I test, like you said, that was like, oh, yeah, these guys are ready defensively. And outside of that last Knicks game, the defense looked average to below average, you know, so it's not surprising to me. Right, yeah. So there's definitely defending the corners is something that they got to work on, and the pick and roll is something that West definitely has to get these guys to work on. Yeah, and lastly, guys, the last topic of the day, I just want to give you an update on Thomas Bryant, who is ahead of schedule, but his return is still listed for December. Also, some minor transactions. Jamie Enchanike, Jordan Goodwin, and Devontae Shuler were waived. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I like those guys. I like what I saw from Jordan Goodwin. Like I said, Jordan Goodwin was on the show um, over the summertime during the draft process. He came on the show. We did. I, I interviewed him. Uh, he's from St. Louis. He played for Bradley Bills AAU team, so that's a cool story. He'll be on the Capital City Go-Go most likely. Uh, Enchanike was good in the summer league. I, I liked him a lot in the summer league. Schuler is interesting because he played on the same AAU team as uh, Zion Williamson. I want to say R.J. Barrett was on the AAU team as well. He went to Ole Miss. They just signed uh, Schuler yesterday or today, and they're going to wave him and then probably put him on a G League. He went to Ole Miss as well, so um, and he went to Oak Hill. So there's there's a lot of you know everybody loved hoop mixtape and whatnot. I was used to watch hoop mixtape all the time back in the day, um, so we, I, I'm pretty familiar with him from watching his. Uh, high school highlights and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, that makes the 15 man roster right there. Isaiah Isaiah Todd is going to be on the 15 man roster. Um, Cassius Winston will probably be on the G League. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's the 15 man roster is set. Yeah, and I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. So we're going to wrap it up. I know it was kind of a long episode, guys, but thanks for sticking <laughs> with us. And I want to thank you again for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. And I want you guys to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet, and it's free and available on all platforms. I want to thank you guys once again for sticking with us. Follow us on all social medias, Twitter, Locked On Wizards, YouTube, Locked On Wizards. And we'll see you guys next time. Yep. And Knicks fans and Tibbs. You guys got a target on you. Wizards, we're, we're going to be coming for y'all. We're coming for y'all. Yes, sir. All right, guys. <laughs> have a good one. All right. Hell to the Wizards. Peace.